We the bestest cast with the left twist. Fat, fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Uh, yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Fox Trout and the Get Down White Sox, Dave and Dante. We have a very special guest this week, formerly of AWO Nation. We have Kenny Carkeen on the podcast. Kenny, how are you, buddy? I got demoted to guest. That's awesome. You fucking piece of shit. How are you, big guy? How's, how's dad life? It's busy, man. It's good. It's incredibly rewarding and awesome. It is no sleep, and we are feeding machines. Every time I go to feed my fucking dogs, I'm like, God, everything in this fucking house needs food. I thought you were calling your kids dogs for a second. No, yeah, well, I got worms and I got dogs, but no, they're good, man. I got two healthy babies that are just fucking mowing down food and waking up and laughing and giggling and having a good time. Have you listened to a single episode of this since you've been off? I've listened been off? to a few. I've checked in on you guys to make sure you're holding down the fort. Do you know how much shit we've talked? There's no, there's no chance you have. <laughs> I mean, I've seen the clips that you post up. You know. What oh I mean? no, there's so, way more than the clips. We, we've destroyed you in every episode. So that's how we've known you haven't listened because if you did, you text us. And it's be a like, good, what the fuck? It's a good test. It's a good test. But also, you know, I don't care. So there we go. Yeah. He's back. Uh, on the bottom left hand corner here, David Williams. Dave, how are you, buddy? Um, I'm okay. That's all you Correct got. Me. Yeah, I'm okay. I got you wanna, nothing. You want to talk about it? <laughs> What's going on? No, that's not. It doesn't mean I'm bad. It doesn't mean I'm good. I'm just like okay. I got nothing of note to even talk about right now. Weird. Dave, what's going on in my life? Weird. That was weird. Why weird? <laughs> Concerning. <laughs> Concerning. No, just how I like it. I guess that is true. You want as little drama as humanly possible. Uh, on the freshest camera ever known to man, Dante, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I got a fucking standing desk to go on my new camera, so I don't have to. I was wondering why you're standing up. Oh, I love it, man. Great. Yeah, it, look, it looks great in your jail cell room you have going on right now with nothing <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> it's set up, yeah. Yeah, apparently. I actually, uh, I just ordered a new backdrop for the podcast upstairs in the in the office room. I got like a big metal on the guest list thing made. Uh, it's coming in the mail, so that's actually going to look hey. pretty good. Um, so we have a big guest this week. We have Jared Watson from Dirty Heads. Dirty Heads just dropped a brand new album called Midnight Control. It's fucking awesome. Uh, I want great. everybody to go. Dude, you have to listen to track three. Uh, it's a flip of Life, Life's Been Good by Joe Walsh. It's fucking awesome. Ooh, uh, I actually heard that. Yeah, they they Jared talks about it on the podcast, about the process of getting something cleared by Joe Walsh. And Kenny, you've said how cool Joe Walsh is. He's, he's a maniac. He's apparently, a he's the fucking man, dude. Kenny, what was your Joe Walsh story? Wait, what is my Joe Walsh story? I don't Did know you not I... tell me this story? Did somebody else tell me this story? Oh, uh, that's not me. I was in the uh, Stones. I wish I knew Joe Walsh. Joe, Joe Walsh, Walsh seems like the coolest, chillest dude of all time. He reminds me of uh, Gary Busey and <laughs> Entourage. Oh, Gary Busey, who just got accused of like Yo. sexual harassment and the world of like, yeah. No and, uh, and then he went to the park and took his pecker out. Uh, <laughs> dude, like him. Not not a great name to drop, uh, Dave. Didn't well, he I get? Mean, uh, did yeah? Didn't he get canceled in like? the backwoods of new jersey or something he was at like a motel six or some shit like that can't can't cancel gary but look at him he's on yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, mean, if you I, don't expect anything from gary canceled, he he got canceled. you know where the fuck he is god i love his yeah. movie oh man but kenny it's been a very long time since you've been on dude uh any new music you found it has been a while i see you guys have been holding down the fort, getting fucking really good interviews i missed both my friends all cameron duddy and jared watson but 
I'll text him later or not. You know, well, there's been some news stories that have dropped since the last time you've been on. I'll read a few off. Uh, first off, the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. You missed that. Oh, really? uh, yeah. Um, yeah. President John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Uh, we don't know by <laughs> who exactly. It could be a lone gunman. It could be a magic bullet. Uh, and the Viet Cong were pushed back in the uh, the problem in Vietnam. So that's also, been gone. That's also fake news. Is yeah, it fake news? Fake news. That, that didn't happen, Colin. <laughs> what Vietnam didn't happen? The Vietnamese didn't push us no, back. It, Vietnam's <laughs> not a real place. <laughs> You're aren't you Vietnamese? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking miss you, dude. I really oh, did. Crazy. I went to Vietnam. I did one of the best trips of my whole life. I did three weeks motorcycling in Vietnam from the southern border to the northern border. And when you get up to the north, which is where like where the communists are, you go to like the Hanoi Hilton, like the famous prison where yeah. John, or John McCain was at. Um the way they tell the war story is not what we learned. Not to say that theirs is true and ours is false, but like you're like, oh, of course. Oh, yeah, whose side are you on here, Kenny? No, I'm just saying it's crazy when they're like, we tried to do this, but the Americans did this. And you're like, it's weird to be on the opposite side of a of a country we were on a battlefield with, you know? Yeah, I don't think history shines that well on us in the Vietnam conflict. It doesn't really no. anybody well. No. Yeah, it was that was a rough one. Dante started. He's about to Go down oh, we're, we're about to get into Dante's rabbit hole because the first thing I wanted to touch on before we get in the interview were the fucking VMAs. Now, me and Dante were having a conversation on Twitter about this, and Dante just con- I posted being like, "Yo, the VMAs look fucking stupid," and Dante was like, "Oh, you mean the Illuminati?" And I said, "You want to talk Illuminati? We'll talk Illuminati." No, that's that's not what that's not how it went. You were talking about ass shaking robots and celebrity culture being weird. The guest list. You were talking about like the guest list and. You know, everybody that goes to these things, pull up, pull up the fucking tweet right now. I just recited it word for word, dude. I said, if uh, I've been checking out the highlights of the VMAs and if I've learned anything from it, one, ass shaking robot holograms are the future. And two, celebrity culture freaks me the fuck out. And you commented and said, oh, the Illuminati. And I said, (laughs) you want to talk Illuminati? We'll talk Illuminati. Celebrity and culture. Celebrity yes. culture. Celebrity That's culture. Why. Yeah. Dude, there was so much symbolism going on in the VMAs. Like, <laughs> they're not even fucking, they're not even like trying to be discreet anymore. They're just throwing it in our face. Are there just like pyramids everywhere? Like, what did you see? Oh, man. Um, I'm just like, we. I mean, this will take over the whole episode. But <laughs> did you see the astronaut that came out with like, the fucking video for a face. No. Uh, I'll pull the clip. I'll text <laughs> it. Dude, all I know is I didn't watch it. And the ratings were apparently up this year. But it was also simulcast to 13 different major networks. So they got 3 million viewers over the 13 biggest networks on television. Yeah, it was everywhere. You know what I can't believe? And, like, I'm so thrilled that finally Taylor Swift won an award. <laughs> He's back. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, all I saw was VMAs. Like, oh, my God, Taylor Swift won this award, announced his new record. No shit. It's another year. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> she drops, like, four albums a year. Dude, let, let, me, let me tell you something about her. I, I'm, I'm, I've gone from being her, one of her biggest, most diehard fucking psycho fans to just being, like, Oh, she's so fucking hard. It's getting come, so come hard. Come to the to dark like side. Let's go. It's getting so hard to like her now just because you knew that 
her showing up to the VMAs, I mean, she doesn't show up to the Grammys. Like, the fact that she showed up to the VMAs, you knew it was a promo or marketing thing. You just yeah. knew. So everyone freaking out, like, I mean, I love Kelly Keegs. She's my dozen teammate. Her video, I was like, oh, my God, I hope she's hammered out of her mind. <laughs> crying tears because she announced a new album it was like yo this you could have fucking predicted this five hours ago when she was on the red carpet like i don't know surprise i mean how i don't don't i've said my piece about taylor swift on here i think dave might be her biggest fan on the podcast now i just like her music she seems like an uppity twat though It's in 2020. It's like she hasn't been gone for 16 years. Like, yeah, we're we're not getting like a like a new Rage Against the Machine album. We're getting something right. that she's re-releasing her old albums. I don't. The only thing I really took out of this, I was watching like highlights because I didn't watch it live. I'm not gonna act like I watched it live. It was just the weirdest fucking vibe. It really was. Like the Lizzo speech, I thought was weird. Uh, yeah, fuck her, man. Fuck her. She's talking about how she's like. I don't know. I, dude, all I can say is we had this conversation last year about the VMAs in a music industry that was dude. gutted. And, and every dude. motherfucking musician on earth, other than this 1% that are standing in this room, got absolutely kicked in the fucking teeth. And you're talking about how what a tough time you're having. Dude. That's a tough thing to sell. Dude, Lizzo went from being literally unknown to a multi, multi millionaire A list star in about two years time and she's standing up there talking about how she's repressed or you know oppressed and you know evict like give me a fucking break what is it with hollywood and celebrities the minute they become famous they just become insufferable why can't they just be fucking grateful and realize they hit the fucking jackpot won the lottery and everyone in the world just wants to hear them fucking do what made them famous and shut the fuck up. God, it's, it's so good to be back. I missed you guys. This is, this is fun. You know what I mean? Hey, side tangent. This is nutty. There's a guy, I think I've told this story before, that opened for AWOL back in like 2012 named Wallpaper. One of the sickest bands acts I've ever seen in my life. Ended Wallpaper to be full-time producer, Ricky Reed. Did all the Lizzo records, did yeah. his records, done so many huge records. So crazy how big that dude got overnight as a producer. Nice. Yeah, I, and we talked about Ricky Reed because that new Lizzo single I loved about damn time. The rest of the record, mm -hmm. I actually thought it seemed like she like had read all the Twitter comments and made her album based off the Twitter comments. And I, I don't know how else to put that, but I didn't love the new record. I love Lizzo's music, but I didn't love the new record. But overall, the, the thing I took away from what I did see was I was so freaked out. Like, Nicki Minaj won Best Rap Performance. I didn't even know Nicki Minaj dropped a song bro, this year. Bro, again, because they gave her the... Uh, Video Vanguard Award. Video Vanguard Award. It, it's MTV is just so fucking concocted and fabricated now, it's, like, embarrassing. Like, seriously, you could just tell how they put this show together. They reached out to so-and-so. It was like they were booking, like, a festival, honestly. They yeah. saw... Who was available? Who could actually? Who would actually give them the time of day? Who needed to plug something? Who was pushing a new song? That's who they. I mean, it it, it was it was it was pathetic. It was kind I kind of wish the Black Keys went after we had that whole conversation with Patrick Carney about the, playing the VMAs <laughs> with Johnny Depp and Aerosmith. Uh, but I don't think that was going to happen this Wait, year. It, what's that? Because I, I haven't talked to you guys since 
all that shit went down. Jesus Christ, he... that was a month and a half ago. No, I know, but like I know you were there to like do an interview. Did he not do the interview because he was busy getting beaten by her? Was that the same night? Was that the same night? I don't know. I thought that was the same night. I've been meaning to bring that up. That's the homie, man. That's the uh, homie. Uh, I think he listens to this podcast. <laughs> say, I didn't interview him. I don't know it's him. good. I like it's him. good to have Kenny back. That's tough, dude. Damn. Wow, dude. Posted Billy Corgan pictures every day for months. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Fuck him, dude. Oh, why did we stop? Why did I stop posting Billy Corgan pictures? Because you pussied out. Because <laughs> he listens to the podcast. <laughs> you pussied out hard. I got a text like, yo, you need to stop posting Billy Corgan pictures. He's going to see this. I, was, I say we get Patrick Carney and Billy Corgan on at the same time. <laughs> celebrity Deathmatch? Yeah. We should do celebrity deathmatch with them. <laughs> should yeah, we have cool claymation <laughs> shit? Who should we have as the celebrity ref? <laughs> I have a name in mind, but I can't say it on the pod. We'll bring Jeff in from the used, who has the story of Bert getting kicked by Billy. <laughs> no, he's place. coming in with a steel chair to back up Patrick Carney. Uh, no, but overall, I thought the VMA sucked balls. We might be old. I don't know. All I know is that ass shaking AI fucking uh, I don't know, hologram shit was banging. That's almost fat. That's technology. I like that. Uh, other thing I wanted to follow up on last week, uh, I listened to the DJ Khaled album. And Dave said something very, very profound last week. He said, this is either going to be the best album of all time or it's going to suck donkey dick. And uh, as it turned out, it was a whole pack of ass. It fucking sucked. And I don't even want to hate that bad, but I have to say, like, I was really excited actually to see some of these features. First of all, literally, it should not be humanly possible for three people as talented as Eminem, Kanye West, and Dr. Dre to be on the same song. And it sucked that bad. I listened to that and literally was like, what the fuck are people freaking out about? This song sucks. I disagree. You disagree? Um, the album is not good as a whole. There are a couple songs that, I mean, I'm not going to fucking play them in the club, but they weren't bad. I mean, that Eminem, that, that Eminem and Kanye song, I, I don't hate it. It's not the best I of either of their work, but... I have a re- I have a reason why I hate it because I heard the original that song used this gospel was on Jesus is King but there was an original demo that leaked that had drums and shit and it was an amazing song but they never right. released it that way so um, I was expecting to hear that one and then I heard what we got and I was like this sounds terrible I didn't right, like I'm glad, it I'm glad you brought that up because I had a question you might laugh at me this is this might be really stupid but have you heard the five uh, year foreign Kanye and Alicia song Kings of New York uh, City of Gods. City of Gods. I love that song. I do too. Is that the same instrumental off of Donda? No, it's not, but it's the same style of production. It's that New York drill L- London shit. I know exactly right. what you're talking about. Dude, it sounds exactly like the song that he's on on Donda to me. I don't know why. Like, Listen to every Fabio Foreign song and they all sound uh, exactly like that. Uh, that song's fucking amazing. Though. It is an amazing song. I agree 100%. But the DJ Khaled album sounds like he texted all of his boys who were on the album. They were just like, yo, send me your worst song you have in your Dropbox folder and I'll put it on here. <laughs> that's yeah. exactly what I That's what I thought when I listened to it. I was like, yo, you got Lil Durk, you got Lil Baby, you have all the Lils, you got Lil Wayne, you got Kanye, you got fucking Eminem, <laughs> you got Drake twice. Drake literally starts Dude, the album off with a 45. 
there's just so many fucking people on this record. And still, it found a way not to be good. I don't know. Yo. The Jadakiss interlude is awesome because Jadakiss does no wrong in my eyes. That's my opinion. Yo, you destroyed this album last week when we <laughs> talked. So I went into it being like, man, I can't wait to fucking just fast forward through this entire thing because it's going to be so bad. But there are a few songs that like that Juice World song. I thought that was pretty cool how he basically before he died made a, a DJ Khaled song like you know i'm not a, i'm not a college fan by any means but that's like i mean that's a big fucking flex like getting your hands on that and really i might just be jaded from the fact guy. that he annoys the holy fuck out of me like oh, yeah, i kind of i kind of feel like kenny might love this guy you have a special relationship no, with DJ no, Khaled? No. he's the worst of us i mean you can't <laughs> knock the massive fucking gargantuan hits that he's had which are in fact legitimately great but also he's the worst <laughs> fucking worst everything's about him. oh my god oh my god yeah i just had dave did you happen to peruse the album whatsoever <clears throat> nah <laughs> nah <laughs> in fact oh I, uh, I i didn't even think to <laughs> that's how like that's how unenthused i was about that when does that ever work in any walk of life just getting like all star after all star together and and saying go go be awesome together. It just doesn't work. Scott Storch well, should be Farmaid. as famous as Farmaid. Sure, uh, the twenty eleven to to through twenty thirteen Miami Heat. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I mean, basketball that doesn't count. No, we're on fire. We're on fire tonight, guys. We are. In fact, David is with. No, that was nah. no. He said nah. Nah. Do you nah. want to talk about it, Dave? Did something happen today? You just tired? No, why, no, <laughs> no, nothing happened today. I said I'm okay. Oh man, I know, I know. Days. He sounds like every girlfriend ever. No, I already know these days. Dave had to record with Carl earlier today. Uh, this is, that has nothing to do with it. That has nothing to do with anything. All right. Why do I have to be like good? I just because I. Okay. Because I, I know I know these moods and I know what puts you in these moods. There's and only there is no mood. It's a fucking Wednesday. Wednesday doesn't have a mood. <laughs> it has Dave on his pillow. Wednesday's red line recording day or uh or uh Wednesday. What's it called? Fucking uh run down recording day. This shit ain't the same without all four of us. I gotta say that. It's not. We got the yellow assassin back. By the way, I only called you that because some dude on Twitter, I some dude on Twitter today, I Kenny wrote, I said, who's the biggest one hit wonder of all time on Twitter? And some Kenny wrote a wall nation. And some <laughs> dude, some dude commented back on Kenny's shit and was like, uh, excuse me, did you not ever hear kill your heroes or all this shit? And I I literally commented back and I was like, yo, you know he was in a wall nation, right? And he said, uh yeah. Kenny Carkeet, the yellow assassin. Of course, I know who he is. I've seen him numerous times. And real quick, I was about to hit him with a yo, what you just say? <laughs> well, it's funny. Dude, that is fucking the singer awesome. gave me that nickname way early on, the yellow assassin. And looking back, you're like, that's, that's kind of dodgy. <laughs> oh, I kind of like it. You is, wear that. that oh, my, my logo is still a yellow assassin guy. It's great. <laughs> that is too um, good. God. All right. Before we get in the interview, two more things. Uh, we were talking about this the last couple weeks, but more and more big artists keep canceling their tours or shows because they can't fucking sell tickets. And one of the biggest artists that just had this happen was the baby. 
The baby just canceled a stadium show in New Orleans for a 24,000-person stadium. He sold 500 tickets, and he canceled the show. Now, that's the right thing to do. It would have been so much better if he just showed up and played the 500 people in the stadium. And they just all sat in different corners. <laughs> That's fucking banging. But there is, dude, that is, this is a real phenomenon happening right here. Every day I see another act canceling a fuck. But first of all, this guy also had another, I mean, he's been canceled like six times since his last tour. So it doesn't shock me that he didn't sell enough tickets. But like 500 to 24K? You know what's nutty? When we did that Profits of Rage tour, we were doing arenas, which are what, 18 to 20,000, and tickets didn't sell nearly as well as they thought they would. So they just moved the stage from like where the hoop would be a <laughs> little bit further forward no and then black curtains to there and back around the side. Now you've shrunk it. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Jesus Christ. Uh, all right, Kenny and Dante, I can ask you both this. What's your worst go to a, uh, a place and your turnout? Like you, you show up to a place and you're like, oh, this might be a good show. You show up and there's like fucking 10 people there. Kenny, uh, I know there had, I've had this happen before. Like you know, it was, that's, that's happened to me. It had never happened in AWOL, which is yeah, well, because we, well, we made the band after the song got big. Right. So it was a weird, like never had to do that. But like when we played in fitness, when we did Congo shows, I hate to kind of talk these <laughs> B markets. They're kind of tough. We like played like Memphis or something. And there's like four people, but you know what? Like, <laughs> honestly, because after, how do I explain it? When you've been touring for so long and you play huge shows and whatever, all this shit, sometimes those four person shows are the best shows you've ever played. Cause you fucking hilarious having yep. fun. You're drunk as shit. Like it's kind of a trip. Uh, dude, Dante, get, you got one? Get fucked, Kenny. They're the <laughs> worst. It is, it is torture. It is mental fucking warfare. You're standing there like, what am I doing with my life? They are not fun at all. And I'll I gotta, tell you, I gotta side with Dante. <laughs> I'll tell, I'll tell you what. You gotta make it fun, dude. I mean, you got platinum plaques. I don't. So maybe, maybe you you enjoy <laughs> fucking weird shit like that. But diamond, diamond. You're Dying. putting pressure. You're putting pressure on yourself that way. The Bro. thing is, remember my my demeanor. Who fucking can't? I don't care. It's easy not to give a fuck when you toured with the Rolling Stones. You dumb fuck. Us four. I've done. Go. I know immediately my answer, and it's a tie between two. Both were grand openings that I took like a fucking idiot because they were good paydays. And I was just like, oh, the grand openings. How fucking, you know, how dead can they be? One of them ended up being at, I'm not going to name the place, but there's a place in Rosemont, which is like a little enclave in Chicago. And it was at this new bar. And dude, when I tell you it, it was a ghost town, it was <laughs> me, the bartenders, and like, three alcoholics sitting at the bar. Oh, that's fucking It terrible. was so fucking embarrassing, so sad. It's got to be tough. Uh, that was one. And then another one, this gigantic real estate developer in Chicago uh, booked me for a new building they were opening. They had this pool, this rooftop pool. Um, it was it actually, it should have been cool because they put a lot of money into it. Super high-end building um they had like big time restaurant group cater it and they brought in good production and backline and i showed up and it was just like old people like no and old people standing there and 
I, you know, I asked them beforehand, like, what do you guys want music wise? They were like, oh, we want like Miami, like lounge, like pool lounge house. It's just like, <laughs> they were coming up to me and they were like, uh, can you play some Four Seasons? <laughs> oh my fucking God. It dude. was, it was, get me the fuck out of here. My, I need- uh, mine is, we were on tour 2018 and we were in the middle, we were between two great shows and we were in Birmingham, Alabama. And we were playing this venue called The Nick. The Nick is a fucking dive bar underneath an overpass that like Prince played at one time. So it's famous. Um, and we, sh- we showed up and the hometown headliner that we were opening for texted the guy <laughs> an hour before loading and said, yeah, I'm not coming. So it was us and a band from Nashville on tour. So neither of us had draw. We'd never been to Birmingham before. And the guy was like, do you guys still want to play? And we're like, I fucking drove here. So yeah, sure. It was us, the other band, and two ladies that offered us cocaine the second we walked into the bar. <laughs> That's a hell of a show, dude. That's a hell of dude, a night. Yeah. And then my drummer, Jimmy, you guys have met Jimmy. He did the cocaine. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't good because he had the fucking drive. It was his turn, and Erica, our singer, freaked out on him. Driver. And Dude, that's that's see that's the best parts of tour that oh, it's it right there i'll never forget it like it was a fucking great memory but like in the moment it's like damn this is a fucking life-altering like you're just sitting there like god damn it we saw i played a show to nobody in el paso at a venue underneath a domino's <laughs> that's a true story too and that wasn't even that long ago i was like 2018 <laughs> damn dude 2018 was a rough year for the four of us i think um all right well let's get into our interview with uh dirty J. Jared Watson from Dirty Heads. Real quick, want to shout out one more thing. Our boy Chris Shifflett and the Foo Fighters are playing their Taylor Hawkins tribute shows this week uh, in London. So I just want to give a shout out to them. They posted a picture today and it actually made me fucking sad because you can see on their faces, it's just like, this is fucking weird, right? Um, But they're going to be simulcasting it everywhere. Um, So everybody, please go check that out. Uh, We're going to get an on list, off list uh, when we get through this interview. But let's go into our interview with Jared Watson from Dirty Heads. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the guest list today, we have one half of one of my favorite groups of all time. One of the reasons that I started making music, they have a new record dropping. We have Jared from the Dirty Head. Jared, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm good. And now we've had Duddy on previously, and apparently Duddy's too good for us now. Uh, Do we want to say anything to Duddy for not being here today? Like, what's up? No, no, he just pawned it on to me because he said you guys are kooks and he didn't want to do it again. That makes total sense to me. And, uh, of course, we have Kenny Carkeet from uh, AWOL Nation as part of our podcast. Kenny's not here today because Kenny didn't want to do it. That's exactly what it is. Kenny's uh, Kenny just uh, birthed – or not birthed. He's part of the team that birthed twins. So Kenny is handling dad duties, but uh, Kenny sends his love, and we're all huge fans of the band, man. So thank you for being here today. Of course, yeah. Kenny's awesome. He's been a homie for a long time. You don't have to lie, dude. This is a safe space. You can tell us what you really think. I do like Kenny a lot. (laughs) No, but we have you here today because Midnight Control comes out on Friday. I got an early listen to the new album. It's incredible, man. Congratulations on everything. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. No problem. Uh, I guess to start off, you guys recently just went viral on TikTok for for Vacation, which of course is a great song. And we kind of hate TikTok here, but it's done a lot of great things for our friends. Did the success of that on TikTok kind of influence the way you guys made the new record at all? No, not at Good. all. That's the yeah. right answer. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God, dude. I was worried there for a second. Yeah. No, I feel like we've been in the game long enough to know that, like, you can't chase yes. past songs. You can't, you know, when you go in, look, like, it's the same fucking 
conversation that every fucking band has with their label and you're going to have it 20 times and you're going to say the same thing the label's going to say well we need another single and you're going to say well if i could give you 12 fucking singles we'd all be billionaires <laughs> so guess what you do you do what you did from the beginning that got you here and we fucking go in and we write music that we like that feels good at the time and and you know i never saw you guys they, they chased was four years old Vacation yeah. was four years old. So nobody knows. Like, if there's any bands out there, sorry to go on a rant. No, this, this is what we're here so, for. Yeah. So, like, I've 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 been told so many times, we need a new Lay Me Down. We need a new My Sweet Summer. We need a new this, blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, okay, cool. Let me just go replicate that for you. And then we're going to replicate it. We're going to put it out. Nobody's going to give a fuck. Yep. Right? You can't just – there are great songwriters out, out there, right? But – this whole idea that you can just spit out singles and, and, and bullshit. It's, it's, it's very frustrating. So then you give them a song like vacation. Cause I'm sure, I'm sure we had that talk yep. uh, when we put out swim team. Hey, we don't have, we don't hear any singles. They always, they say that every time, you, every single we, time you could give, give them a perfect album. We, we don't hear any singles. They just want to push you, whatever. Okay. You don't hear any singles. I don't know what to tell you. We put out swim team four years goes by. It goes viral on TikTok organically. We have nothing to do with it. I don't even, you know, at the time I didn't even have TikTok. Um, and it's a four-year-old song. So nobody has a crystal ball. No AR, no head of the label, no manager, no band member. You don't fucking know. Yep. So all you can do is keep writing music that you like. It's it's so funny because we have so many people on here that say the same thing over and over again. And I've had friends of mine that have gone viral that have done amazing things because of this app. But everybody says you can't fucking make your art for the app. It just so happened that this one thing resonated and worked there. But you guys from the beginning, and this is what I said before we started, I've been a, a fan for a long time. Oh, eight, any port in a storm was like high school into college for me. And wow. I go as far back as to say, I saw you guys at the Croc Rock in Allentown, Pennsylvania. <laughs> and during, uh, I got no time for y'all. You pulled my boy Bruce and my boy Dan up on stage and they did the rap verse with you guys. And I will never forget that. I've been a fan since. I saw you guys at the Electric Factory in Philadelphia with uh, fucking Gym Class Heroes where they yeah. were running around with a flag guy on stage. Yeah. I've loved you guys forever. And that's why I was so excited to have you on. And I'm, I, The fact that I got an early listen to a new Dirty Heads record still fucking blows my mind. Fuck yeah. But you guys have not changed the fact that you are who you are. And I've always loved that about you. And, and I mean... To me, like I, I followed you each step of the way from when you went a little more alt when you uh, when you did the record at Sonic Ranch with um, yeah, gonna change, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, kept going and and all this time I've been so excited to watch you guys grow and change and everything like that. But I feel like you guys are really getting into a zone now where it's like, okay, we are the Dirty Heads. This is our sound. You're gonna like it. You're not. Fuck you. This is our record. Is that how you feel? Yeah, you nailed it. You know, I think that comes that just comes with experience maturity like we're all we've been doing it for like you know almost 20 years now so you you know you you learn how to work with producers you learn how to not kind of get walked over you learn when you learn i think the biggest like the tightrope that you walk on uh listening to your gut and not listening to your gut because there's been times where i've listened to my gut and i was right and there's been times where i've listened to my gut and i was wrong right so then you're like fuck because you're making art and it's subjective so you don't know right so like i feel like with experience with you know playing shows songwriting for all this time i feel like we finally are at a spot to where we're grown enough as musicians players songwriters where we're like we know what's cool and we know what's not cool you know, and we're aware of all these things. Like, it's just easier for us now to like put out the the exact sound that we want. You know, yeah. 
and and not have people kind of influence it. Not saying that that happened too much, but, but you, you know, you're younger and you're like, ah, should we do this? And should we not do this? And then you get scared and then you want to be too cool. And then you, right. you're too close to it. You're always too close to your own music. Right. So you need to take a step back. So I feel like at this point, you're right. Like we just, we're in a good spots where we know how to fucking get what we want, you know? And, and this is, this is this album. And, and, and I'm not fluffing like people, but like, this is the best fucking album we put out since everybody loves the first album, right? Of course. Love the first album. Would I get it? It's magic. You found the band. I understand that time, that, that memory, all that. This four fucking shirt is the tightest, no holes, no filler. Like it's fucking stacked. This is as a diehard dirty heads fan. My favorite record of yours since, uh, cabin by the sea, which That's was it. like, to me, I love the first record, but cabin by the sea. I have so many memories too. Like the Delta Funky Homo Sapien verse is always yeah. going to be stuck in my head, but I really love what you guys did in this record. And after getting the first listen, I think the one people are going to be most excited about, honestly, is the Joe Walsh flip. Life yeah. is, that, dude, how did you get that cleared? First off, dude, he was cool as fuck. Really? 24 hours. It took 24 hours. That shit usually takes weeks and lawyers and all this shit. And we got it to his lawyer our lawyers, friends with his lawyer, it got to his wife, it got to him, and within like 24 hours, there I was like, how to get cleared? And they're like, Joe and his wife heard it, and they said it was cool. Everybody this- that we've talked to that has met Joe Walsh has said, Joe Walsh is the fucking man. Did, did you try and get him on the track? Uh, we tried to get him in the music video. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean- but I guess, I guess his daughter's a fan and shit, so it was cool. I remember when we talked to Duddy, which we did have Duddy on, there was two things from that I want to talk about because he is your other half in this perspective. Yeah. Uh, and, and he said, I had asked him, because I love the collaborations that you guys do. And I said to him, if there's one person you haven't tapped into yet, who would you pick? And he said, Willie Nelson. Is there anybody right off the top of your head that you haven't gotten to, to lay something down with that you want to get in with? L- LP from Run the Jewels. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. First off, did you hear the new um, It's Danger Mouse and Black Thought and they just released yeah. a single? That's unfucking believable Getting you and Run the Jewels together, I just threw my pen across the room. Obviously, that I want that very badly. Um, has there been any conversation there? Is that just like a pipe dream at this point? Uh, I mean... I I never really like pushed it because like I feel like you gotta like wait for the song or you gotta wait for like the right timing and like I feel like maybe after this album or maybe like a, a certain song on this album maybe something could happen you know like I don't think that LP would have looked at us as something he would have fucked with yeah but after this album I think he might you know because I'm such a bit like I think he's probably the most slept on rapper alive like agreed. People don't understand what he's done for the culture. People don't understand like his fucking career. People don't understand his wordplay. Like he's in my top five of all time. And people like early on, I'm like, dude, people don't know. People don't know company flow. People don't know about the Mr. Motherfucking Esquire 16. Like, okay, you're talking to a fellow rap nerd here, dude. We're all, we're speaking the same language here. Yeah. Yeah. Company flow is fucking crazy. There's still pot like, I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. I'm actually watching Lord of the Rings right now. <laughs> getting caught up for the new shit. Yeah. There was a VHS uh, animated version of Lord of the Rings. And like my, cause my pop, my parents were big hippies and we used to watch it all the time. And when Gollum finds the ring or no, actually when, when Bilbo finds the ring or Frodo finds the ring, there's this one where he goes, Oh, what's this? And I fucking, 
like was a skater. I was listening to hip hop. I heard Company Flow for the first time. The song Population Control comes on. Mm-hmm. Sampled the VHS version of Lord of the Rings. I was like, who the fuck are these guys? And I don't think anybody knows that that Lord of the Rings VHS animated film is sampled in Population Control. And it's one of the dopest samples of all fucking time. And that's He's just a fucking animal. Like, uh, do you, you ever watch Rhythm Roulette? Uh, it's like a, no. a dude. Okay, so dive into this hole when you get done on this. Go on YouTube, Rhythm Roulette. It's put together by the Fader or something. It's some other hip hop blog. They take a producer, blindfold them, put them in a record store, and they have to pick three random vinyls, sample off that vinyl, and make a beat. And LPs is so fucking funny because he does not give a shit about what he's doing. He's like, this is stupid. <laughs> He's like, my record player is broken. I'm about to smoke weed and make this beat. Maybe it's okay. And he makes this unbelievably hard beat. You're saying that, like, I'm looking back to, like, Neighborhood and things off the first record that just, like, I'm even the the same smoke rings, things like that off, like, the early shit that I would love to hear LP on. Like, give people kind of a view into the new record, too. Are you guys leaning more into the hip-hop side or or more into the the reggae side? Are you blending it? What what is it? Because I'm having a hard time putting my finger on it. It just sounds like Dirty Heads to me. Yeah, it's really solid. And I got to give props to the producer, Ryan. So we've been friends with Ryan for a while, Ryan OG or Ryan Ogren. Like he did Visions, he did Oxygen. And it, and we always wanted to work with him because when we did work with him, it was, uh, he was like, you can tell he was on the same page. We got along really well. He understood the Sonics. He understood the band. He understood the dynamics. Like he never pushed cheesy shit. It was just always really credible. So we always wanted to get him. So finally we did. And I think between him and us and being able to steer him and him being able to push us and like all being on the same page when you find that producer, that's when you really get magic, you know, when all everybody's on the same fucking page. So, and also when we are playing shows, because we are such a live band, like that's, that's first and foremost for us. That's how we got to where we're at. And we're going to continue doing that. Like it doesn't matter. TikTok doesn't matter. I mean, all these things do, but in my mind, TikTok doesn't matter. Instagram, all this shit, it, it, nothing matters. The only thing I give a fuck about is ticket sales. If you have a hundred million followers, but you're playing fucking clubs, I don't care. Doesn't matter. I don't care if I have zero followers and I'm playing fucking two nights sold out at fucking Red Rocks. Cool. I'm happy as an artist. Dog, you're you're talking and I don't even mean to cut you off, but like the whole point of of this podcast is I'm a musician. I'm in a band called Foxtrot and the Get Down from Philadelphia. We are touring the country, everything world shut down. I started the podcast, linked up with the guys from Barstool. And then we've built this and Kenny for some fucking reason. We built this. We built this entire thing to give artists a place to come on and say that shit's not real. Here's what is real. We're going to move forward in the industry through this. And you sound exactly. We were just on the tour bus with OAR filming with them last week. Yeah. The same conversation is a thread throughout all that social media shit is great and everything. And it does things. But the number one thing is connecting with people in a live environment. Yeah. Yeah. That's that is dirty heads to me. You guys are a live band. Yeah. And I think like we, we obviously we grew up with that. Right. So it's like some of these younger bands might not know the importance of live music, mm-hmm. even if it goes to VR. Right. So it's like if we think if we start thinking future and like shows, people stop going to shows as much and VR becomes a household thing where it's just everybody has a VR room. And it's like you're still going to need to. I just I don't think VR is going to be able to replicate the same feeling as a live show right like it just won't it might be cool as fuck because you can see the dirty heads in a fucking pirate ship underwater or whatever you know but like there is 
energy in the room that you cannot replicate from human beings being next to each other like that mm-hmm. like like so i don't think it's ever going to go away but so yeah i just if there's younger bands out there like you know everybody's thinking about tiktoks reels social fucking stupid streaming. fucking podcasts and stuff like that yeah, yeah like, like <laughs> and get out in front of your fans go to the merch booth afterwards like do that grindy shit and i don't care if i sound old or whatever it doesn't fucking matter you're 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 touching physically touching your fucking fans like that is going to have a long lasting power we want a long career and we want to end on the top and i think like this album shows that we're getting better and better which i think is super cool I, like and you talking about us kind of trying we've always tried to stay true to ourselves right you can put on a mask i i I struggled with with this forever you can put on a mask i can act a different way i can dress a different way there's been times where i'm like man i should dress like this i should talk like this i should do interviews like this i should lie in my interviews and it would probably help me out right i can't i can't do it i'd rather just slow and steady slow and steady be myself and get to here then fucking get to here and lie and then come down here and then lie again and just like what's you know? the the biggest truth in the world is the fact that you can get places quicker by lying and being someone that you're not yeah and i mean we have this conversation on the podcast a lot about every band goes through their black and white pictures phase every band goes through their fucking you know i wore my nashville hat for a while when i'm yeah, when yeah, i was yeah. in nashville a lot yeah but there comes down to this point where if you want to actually sustain a career and you want to like kind of like feel more at peace with yourself, I think you got to just accept, look, look at my hat right now. I am a dickhead from Northeast Philadelphia. I will die a dickhead from Northeast Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> if it's going to take me a little bit longer to get to where I got to go. Yeah, I'm taking the long way around because I still have to look at my friends. I still have to look at my wife. I remember coming home with the Nashville hat for the first time. My friend saying, dude, what the fuck is that thing? And me going, you just don't get it. You're not in the you're not in the industry. You're not in the scene. You don't get it. I burnt that hat. I threw it in a fire for a cover art for a record. We all have to accept who we are, dude. We're fucking we're we're essentially letting people watch us grow as human beings and figure shit out. And everybody does it. Every, look back at your high school pictures, look back at your middle school pictures, fashion, sheer yep. into your I look back and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Look at what I'm wearing in that stand tall video, bro. I let Yo. some stuff. Y'all come on, I'm wearing a scarf and a purple What's your, shirt. Would you say that's your worst moment? Because dude, I love talking about this. Yeah, the yeah, Nashville yeah. hat will always be my worst moment, no matter what I do from here on out. What was your worst? Uh, trying to be somebody else moment as a musician. I think the cringiest shit was like the the early days like of where we were uh, kind of getting like, uh, or maybe maybe not pressured, uh, trying to, to be like a little bit more alt and, mm-hmm. and less like truthful to who we were. Like we were from Orange County. We were these fucking skater kids and these surfer kids. And that shit got played out to me so much because I was around it so much that I was like, I'm going to wear it. I'm going to be fashionable. I'm going to wear a fucking skirt. You're going to look like Jared Leto. <laughs> Dude, it was, it was fucking Lil Wayne. Yep. Lil Wayne wore that scarf on an award show and Jared Leto wore that scarf. And I was like, I'm going to wear this fucking Afghan fucking crazy scarf. <laughs> and I look, I'm like, what the fuck was I doing? And like, you go through all these dumb stages and then I, you finally end back. And now I'm like, what am I dressing? I fucking wear hoodies. I wear fucking dickies. I wear vans. That's who I was. That's who I am now. 
And Duddy, the best thing about Duddy is he stayed straight the whole time. Oh, yeah. I was going like, to say, yeah. Duddy's, Duddy's never – I don't think Duddy's ever changed his shirt or pants. I, and no, yeah, he, he's literally – like every four or five years, he gets one black shirt, one pair of pants, and then he goes through it. But, like, he's a cartoon character. And sometimes like, no, I want to do weird shit. I want to try this. And he's just like, no, nah, I'm just sticking with that. I'm like, good man. So you, it, it's funny. You, you learn all that shit, and it's it's fun to look back. And and But I think that, that fucking scarf on that show, is, it was brutal. But like going back to where this rant started, um, our live show dictates, usually dictates what kind of album we're going to uh, be writing, you know, the upcoming. And we, we noticed that we we needed like a couple more up tempos. Like we needed a couple more bangers. We needed something to follow burn slow. We needed right. something to follow Medusa. We needed something to follow hip hop misfits. So, um, and also we just had done the Dave Cobb album. So it was really folky, a lot, not a lot of reggae. And so we were like, let's, let's really try and blend that like heavier up tempo hip hop part of, of dirty heads with a little bit more reggae. So it's kind of down the middle of like, Hip hop and reggae, and like a little bit less folky. Your last record was Dave Cobb. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. What was that like? Bro, it was the fucking funnest thing we've ever done, and people sleep are sleeping so hard on it. And I get it; it's a musician's album. Like every musician that I know is like, "Yo, Supermoon's the best album that you've ever put out." I didn't know it was Dave Cobb. Yeah, and fans are like, "Oh, <laughs> it was like pretty experimental." We sat in a room and did the whole entire thing live in a circle with Dave oh. Cobb. Real to real in the RCA studio fucking one, like cigarette burns from fucking Johnny Cash on the couch. One of my favorite fucking records of all time. Da Mo Half these records sit behind me are Dave Cobb. The entire like that, like mid 2000s Nashville era fucking Americana bust out was all Dave Cobb shit, dude. Yeah, he's a legend. He's cool as fuck. And like he, you know, the vet, like I, we just, there's so much cool shit, shit that he just said that was like, I don't give a fuck about singles. When I stopped caring about singles is when I started getting singles and Grammys. Mm. Uh, I don't care about choruses. He's like, you guys keep calling this a chorus and you keep calling this a verse. I don't give a fuck what you're calling parts of these songs. I want four parts. I want three parts and I want them to all be equally as good. He doesn't give a fuck. It doesn't care about radio. It doesn't care about this. He's like, I'm just here to make cool shit. And that's all that matters. And you're just like, you're so fucking dope. <laughs> you know? He's gotten just a rack of Grammys behind him, you know? Well, here's a question for me as a fan and also as someone who's obsessed with the process of the musical career, right? So looking back, you do Any Port in a Storm, you do Can by the Sea, and then you go for the alt switch up. And now that I've had this conversation with you, part of me wants to know when you started to play bigger and bigger venues and you started to get more and more into that world, did that want to expand that sound to a more stadium-esque sound when you went to that third record? Like, was that was that the impetus behind that? Or was that, like, record label pressure? Was that pressure on yourself? Like, because you guys have, have grown the sound and, and contracted the sound and brought it back out to where it is now. But, like, that mid-career era right there, was that more of, like, a playing off of where you were at the time? Yeah, exactly. It, it was no, it wasn't, it wasn't outside pressure. It was inside pressure. Like, like I said, like, when we started there was something about us being young and not wanting to get pigeonholed. And we thought for some reason that like two albums back to back that were like these, these reggae leaning acoustic leaning, like, you know, very beachy dirty heads albums, which is extreme. Like that's what we are. It just yeah. took 
wild to like be proud of that and want to just be like, this is what we do. You're so young and you're finding yourself that we're like, we just did two albums that are beachy and like, we've already done it. And like, we wanted to be artists and we were just over it. We're like, we can't, I can't write another album like that. Like physically me and Duddy would sit down and be like, I can't do, I can't do another like skank fucking yeah. reggae. How many antelopes can I do in a row? Right. And we were like, dude, you know what's up? <laughs> I do. Come on. I told yeah. you I'm a nerd here. I love this yeah. fucking band. So we really just wanted to do something different. Like we wanted to defy everybody and just go on some fucking tangent. And once we got in the studio with Rome, we are like, this is the direction. We want it to be bigger. We want it to be more aggressive. We want bigger sounds. And it kind of like bit us in the ass at the time because we were playing these smaller venues. And we we're like, dude, this album's written for bigger venues, like with more shit that we have. And eventually it grew into it, which was cool. But that was just all pressure on us from like not wanting to do the same thing, which I think is great looking back at you know like beatles you know just right. all doing different shit and pushing music we want to push the scene that we're in or that we come in and out of which is this reggae rock scene that's been born out of sublime you know mm -hmm. um and i think a lot of the problem with this scene is that people aren't pushing the boundaries it's right. you know a lot of these new bands they just sound like fucking kyle from slightly stupid and, and they're just regurgitating a lot of this shit and it's like if there's nothing new and nothing original this fucking scene is just going to incestually eat itself until it implodes. Right. So we're always just like, sorry guys, if you don't like this one, we're taking a step out and we're going to do some wacky shit. I do have a shout out for someone in your scene. Cause we've dealt with a ton of bands in the reggae rock scene on this podcast, yeah. but there's one that stands out and we found him through his record label who gave it to us. We had an amazing conversation that I noticed the first single you were on. It was denim and I fucking love denim and I think he's doing a great job. And, yeah, you know, he's, yeah, you know, that, and that's, <laughs> that's why, um, that's why when he reached out and wanted to work with me, I was like, yeah, because a lot of people reach out and, um, I, I don't fuck with them a lot because it's just the same shit I've heard. And I was like, right. okay, this is original. It, it, you know, I heard Joe Rogan talking about one time, a long time ago when I was listening to this podcast a lot bringing new comedians on a show and why mm -hmm. it's because if he helps them out, even if they get bigger than him, they're still growing that space. Right. So if I help out a younger band and they get bigger than me, I don't care because it's still going to help out our scene. Our scene's going to die. If we just keep doing the same shit, touring with the same acts, right. writing the same fucking songs. So like I'm at a point now where I can help people. And if you're dope and you're doing something original, I'm going to try and fucking help, you know, and like whether that goes good or bad, you know, I'm still trying to help the scene. Is there anybody who you want to work with that you haven't worked with yet? Like, in yeah. the, not because I mean, we've talked about LP, but I mean, like as far as a younger band coming up, like, or has there been anybody who realistically like you did kind of give that to and you've seen them kind of take off? No, just denim. And that kind of bit me in the ass. But we'll, we can talk about that. Off, off yeah, air. we'll talk about that later. I knew I saw that. By the way, I edit, I edit all this shit, so don't worry. I can even cut that part if you want to. No, I don't give a shit. It's what it is. You know, you try and be nice to some people, and and whatever they show their true colors. But Jackson from the Elevators. If, if you haven't heard of Elevators, I have. I'm obsessed with that kid's yeah. voice. Is fucking fantastic. His attitude is fantastic. His songwriting is fantastic. Like I, I talked to him last night. We're sending each other fucking voice notes and and song ideas. Like I'm getting in the studio with Jackson as soon as I can because they're doing something original. His voice is original, and I think he can bounce from from Southern California reggae rock to some shit in Nashville and oh, yeah. rush. You know, like it, it, he's just. There's something about that band that gets me excited because they don't just sound like everybody else, you know? 
Has there ever been a period where you kind of dried up creatively? Like where you felt like I can't get a song out of myself right now if I tried? No, I've never dried up. I've been more so um, scared. Like if I, I think it was actually actually after um, like it's never been a problem with getting shit out. It's it's what's the quality of this shit getting out? Is this getting repetitive? Um, and then after I got sober from booze, am I even going to be able to like, write? like, is, was it just booze and all the other shit that I was on that was making me creative or like making me do all the shit. And then I look back, I'm like, I, I should have got sober a long time ago. I would have been better. <laughs> like, Isn't it funny how your brain will play that game with you? Like, yeah, Oh, I wonder this thing that's like hindering me in rea in all reality. Yeah. Will this affect my creativity? And I've never seen anybody to say like, oh, yes, that had a negative impact on me. Everybody's like, God damn it. I should have been doing this for years. Yeah. I mean, it's it's unhealthy for your fucking brain. Like, I get it. Like, there's there's the the legends, you know, the 27 year olds that died and, and heroin and, and and like there is something beautiful about uh, a human being that's broken and has mm -hmm. all these issues and demons because there's always content to fucking write about. Right. Mm -hmm. Like. When things are going great, like you can only write songs about how things are going great. And sometimes, you know, that shit's boring, you know, and I think that is more so what it was just like, oh, shit, is this shit going to get boring? So it's more so just like insecurities on myself of like, you know, is is what I'm writing, um, you know, quality. But I, I tell people a lot like I, I really love playing shows. I do. Touring is, is fucking dope. It's where we make the majority of our money. Uh, it's not hard. It's not hard physically. I miss my family, but like at this point in time, it's pretty comfortable, right? We have catering, you got a tour bus, like I work out, like if you stay healthy, it's dope. It, it's not hard. Um, is it my favorite part of the job? No. My favorite fucking part of the job is the studio. Creating fucking music and finishing a song in the studio brings me more joy than anything else in this fucking, in this world. It's untouchable. It really it, is untouchable. I just like I wish from my perspective as someone who's still kind of climbing and going up and everything like that. I never have this moment in the studio where I'm like, like I'm always thinking about what it can do for me in a weird perspective. You know, what I, mean? I feel like young bands run into that all the time where it's like, this song's good, but like, how do we pitch it? Is it good enough? What will it do for us? And that fucking sucks. Like, I wish that I could sit back from time to time and just be like, this is a piece of art that I love so much. I think I'm getting there, but like in those early days, that was my thought process. Was like, wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's it's shitty. Yeah, that sucks. Um, and I think that's that's where you would hit roadblocks because then now now you're not you're not listening to yourself and you're not listening to your creative self. You're you're going outside of that and you're listening to the, the fucking social media A and R part of yourself that you have to tap in sometimes. Oh, yeah. Like people realize like you you do, you gotta fucking you gotta put on that hat, right? But when do you put on that hat? Not everybody can be Kendrick Lamar, not everybody can be Frank Ocean, yep. not everybody can be Tool. And and I, you know, you can't compare yourself to bands. That they're the 1% of the 1% that do whatever the fuck they want, whenever the fuck they want, and it works, right? <laughs> like, you're like, oh, I wish, you know, like, sometimes, so you're right, like, sometimes you're like, shit, is this gonna help? Is this gonna work? How does this, but like, it might dilute be like vacation you'll you never fucking know so you gotta throw you gotta put that motherfucker in the backseat, stop listening to him because you never know and like, as much as people or the industry want to think that people are sheep and lazy and they can get them with the algorithm and they can get them with this. And I'm sure they can. Right. Oh yeah. People see through the fake shit. They do. 
I mean, how does Machine Gun Kelly have a job? It's because of the (laughs) algorithm. I promised myself I would stop hating on that guy. I promised myself I'm going to try. But, yo, I will say this, though. The one thing for me that got me out of my head in that space was this podcast because it allowed me to create on a constant basis Mm. and release things on a constant basis. And then the music just, I was like, oh, shit, that's just another part of me. And, like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I think my question to you is, as we're, like, coming towards an end here, is, like, do you have other outlets that you go to to get away from music? Like, is it surfing? Is it family? What is it for you? Uh, Creatively? Like, to to, to tap into creative shit? Sure. Yeah. Um, So... The, the surfing training all that that's just like for my mental health just like mm-hmm. my overall well-being um i think when it and like i can't it's funny like i can't watch music documentaries i rarely watch music like like movies about musicians and shit because yeah. it just gives me anxiety because i just think about work i don't have any of the plaques up in my house i don't have any of the awards they're all fucking hidden in the garage i just i don't want to look at it because if i walk by i go fuck and i immediately start thinking about work right so i have to like detach myself from that um but when i do need to tap into that it it really is just other musicians and and movies and art like um uh, uh, I'm always on the hunt for like, well, being like a, a rapper and and like having verses and like always looking for bars and metaphors. Like even if it's conversational, like some my friend says something funny, I'm like I'm gonna write that down. My, my therapist said some some shit the other day. I wrote it down. I see like a cool saying from a fucking old western movie. I write it down. So like a lot of movies I get inspiration from, and then I don't listen to a lot of music that has lyrics. Um, until I feel like I do need like some sort of creative, like refill. Like if, if, like, say we just finished this album and we're not writing anytime soon. I only listen to instrumentals. I only listen to old school jazz. Like I just, I'm around it too much. I I just, I need mellow kind of music that just soothes my brain. I can't soothe my brain. I can't fucking hear shit. But when I'm like, when I'm about to go in and write, like I'll start listening to more hip hop. I'll start listening to more run the jewels. I'll start listening to like UK rappers. I'll start listening to fucking just wild shit. Or I'll just go start going through the charts and being like, I don't like anything. I can't hear nothing. Like asking my friends, give me something new to listen to metal, hardcore. I don't care. Country, anything. I just need to hear somebody say something to me that is like real, you know? Like I think the last, um, person that really fucking impressed me and like really made me look at lyrics and how I was, um, and this is going to sound fucking wild, um, how I'm looking at songwriting and metaphors. There was two people. Uh, there's this guy, Coulter Wall. Is yes. a, he's just like his Super boy. deep voiced fucking and, country guy. Johnny Cash fucking chewing glass and shit. It was like his storytelling and like, how just in his fucking lane he was, you know? And then it was honestly Billie Eilish where I was like, this little bitch is right. Like, are you fucking kidding me with these lyrics? And I remember when Lord came out too. I'm like, I'm like two of the most inspirational people to me when it came to songwritings were literally two 16 year old girls. I didn't get Billie Eilish at first. I didn't. I can't lie. Like the person who made me understand Billie Eilish was Kenny. I was writing fucking songs at Kenny's house in LA and he was asking me what I was into. And I was like, 
blah, blah, blah. And he was like, I've been listening to this Billie Eilish shit on repeat. And this was like beginning of 2020. And I was yeah. like, I can't get into it. And he said, give it a fucking chance. Because yeah. it is production-wise, songwriting-wise, wild as fuck. And I, was, I gave it a chance. She's, she's a genius. I love it. Yeah, her and Lord, they just it's it's actual poetry. And like I know that we aren't the band that people are going to for 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 things like she writes, but you're impressed by what her and her brother are writing, or you're impressed by Lord because of the words they're using, the way that they're doing it. And really for me, it's the paint the, the pictures they're painting. Right. Like what world are they building? It, can, can I see what they're talking about when I listen to music? And when I do, like when I find somebody like Run the Jewels or, or these two young women, I'm like, dude, I'm there. I'm, I, I can picture everything they're saying and they're saying it. And this is the biggest hurdle and my favorite part of the fucking job. They're saying it without saying it. They're writing a love song that I haven't heard before. They're right. saying, I love you without saying, I love you. They're saying I'm hurt without saying I'm hurt. I really bothers me when I'm in a write in a studio session and people are like, well, this is a song about like getting broken up with. Let's call it the breakup. No, uh, or like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, no. Well, people just they need easy listening, and sometimes they, I don't fucking care. How do we write a breakup song without saying the word breakup, and almost without them even knowing it's about breaking up, unless they really fucking listen? Like, yeah. everything has been said. Everything's already been said. Every song has been written multiple times. So, how do you tell a story again in, a, in a, an original way? And I fucking think that, like, Lord Billy Eilish, like. They really came up. I was like, this is original shit. I think I'm just impressed with original shit. And there's nothing on the radio like that. There was nothing, you know, that sounded like like those two artists at the time. And obviously, you know, when Run the Jewels came out with Killer Mike and LP, I was like, fuck, nothing in hip hop sounds like this. The stories they're telling, the production they have, the wordplay between Mike's wordplay and LP's wordplay, because nobody, it was dope because LP has such a unique cadence that yep. is so unique to him but Killer Mike was able to take his cadence and then make it Killer Mike's. And I was like, fuck. Because there's almost like, you know, Drake has like the Drake melodies. Yeah. LP has like the LP melody cadence. And it's weird. Um, Killer Mike was able to like play off of it and and do something original with it. I just thought that that was really fucking cool. And then Coulter Wall, I don't even listen to country, but that shit was just like, I'm there. I know what you're trying to do. You're yeah. transporting me to fucking the late 1800s motherfucker i want to roll <laughs> cigarettes i want to go buy a horse I i'm in a still i'm just fucking yeah. drinking whiskey out of an old jug dude yeah. I, jared this has been fucking outstanding dude and i'm so glad we got to spend some time i want to have you back on we'd love to do something in person with you and duddy at a show or something like that we'll get together everyone go listen to the new record jared where can they find it when's it dropping give him some give him some info uh, it is dropping Friday and four fucking days on August 26th, 27th, I believe. So four days from now, this weekend it's dropping dirtyheads.com at dirty heads across all socials, midnight control on all streaming fucking platforms. Go listen to it. That's I'll speak it. from my perspective. I've already heard the record. I fucking love it. I'm proud of you, dude. I've been a fan for a very long time and I can't thank you enough for being here today. I appreciate that. That means a lot, man. All right, so that was our friend Jared Watson from the Dirty Heads. Everybody go stream Midnight Control, their new record. Go see them on tour. Great guys. By the way, Kenny, at the beginning of the interview, I said, where the fuck is Duddy? And he was like, yeah, Duddy uh, said that you guys are a bunch of fucking weirdos, so he's not coming back on. And then I was like, oh, yeah, well, Kenny's on the podcast. And he's like, so that's why he didn't want to come on. So Perfect. That Perfect. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go in the on list, off the list. Uh, Kenny, since you're, you know, newly back, let's get you to start off. What's your on the list? On the list? Sleep. 
Oh, this is all going to yeah. be parenting yeah, related, yeah. isn't it? Oh, no. It's all going to be parenting related. First isn't off, it? don't jump to conclusions, okay? Because it makes an ass <laughs> out of you and me. Second off, sleep. Listen, I haven't slept more than a stretch of two hours in five weeks. Hard at first, still hard now. I'm getting used to it, but holy fucking shit, dude. Y'all enjoy them Z's. Bro. Yeah. yeah. Bro. Awesome. Are we in are we in handsmaid's tale? Did someone make <laughs> you procreate and have two babies? Yeah, yeah. My fucking my biological clock. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, your penis still works, apparently, dude. That yo, literally Cameron thought his first thing was like, damn, dude, Kenny's penis works. And I was like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real. Oh, Oh my God! Kenny's like my off the list is poop and diapers. <laughs> That's a good one. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just happy because there have been like studies that fucking non weed smokers have loved to throw in weed smokers' faces forever. That like, oh, weed lowers your sperm count. You can't have babies. Kenny totally just disproved that entire one hundred percent medical and theory. They're pretty chill, and a couple people have said, I think it's because you smoke so much weed. <laughs> That it got in your sperm? It's something, yo. My kids are mellow. Well, at least we know they're yours. I'm very happy about that. Uh, Dave, who's on your list? Air fryers. I finally pulled the the trigger. It was only 70 bucks. Saw it on like a flash deal on Amazon. I got it, and I love that fucking thing. What's the best thing you've cooked in it thus far? Uh, Bacon-wrapped cream cheese stuffed jalapenos. Ooh. Fucking fire. You're getting me chubbed. 10 minutes. You're getting me chubbed out right now, dude. Fuck. Yeah, I couldn't recommend that anymore. (laughs) Did you do wings yet? Uh, No, that's on the agenda. I heard wings in the air fryer. I've done them in the air. I I did do, I did uh, um, fried or like chicken tender type kind of things yesterday with uh, chicken thighs. Fucking fire. Easiest thing I've ever cooked. Dude, chicken thighs are so underrated. Chicken thighs chicken. are the best part of fucking meat. That's what Dante makes his out of. Or best part of the chicken. His chicken sandwich is a chicken thigh, and that's how it should be. Dark yeah. meat is always the best, dude. It's fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave, have you done french fries yet? Not yet, no. I've heard that is like... That's I've heard that's meat. how you're supposed to reheat pizza. But that's like the game changer part about air fryers, because you cannot make good french fries unless you have an actual fry later but i heard air fryers do a pretty fucking good job uh i have done mozzarella sticks i have done frozen good. chicken tenders fucking fire. yeah they're all it's all awesome wow you know i did straight up like chicken drumsticks uh, like fried mm. drumsticks in there it was so fucking good air fryers is the shit dude i don't have an air fryer it was 70 I to, bucks I it one. was it was cheap as shit it didn't cost nothing yeah, you nice do they do they sink your house up? Like, is nope. there an exhaust? That's the other best part. So I've been cooking bacon in it, and it zero smell at all. My only gripe with it, God. cleaning it's kind of a bitch just because of the oils. Yeah, wow. but you just I just dump it down the sink anyways. I don't give a shit Atta about the boy. pipes. <laughs> you got that boy. That's fucking terrible for your plumbing. <laughs> I don't you own the place. Fuck. You're a homeowner, dude. Don't do that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm broke as fuck from that bathroom still. Oh, you're man. Gonna, you're going to fucking have more down the money pit if you keep dumping oil and grease down your sink. I just love... I run hot water and soap with it. Doesn't matter. Don't do it. I love the phrase, I don't give a fuck about my pipes. And then we're like, by the way, you own that home. And he's like, fuck. I do. <laughs> Dante, who's on your list? Uh, nobody. I'm, I'm putting two people off my list this week. So, pass. Fair. 
pass. Okay. Uh, my on the list is Hillary Duff. <laughs> Hillary Duff is one of us, dude. Out here getting diarrhea, dude. Oh, by the way, Kenny, where's your boy at, dude? Can you call Coma real quick? I should. <laughs> Just call him and be like, yo, do you have a statement? Would you like to make a statement about your wife's wrongdoing? Fire away for me to never talk to him again. <laughs> That's what, yo. I'm literally my thought when I was hitting you up about that was like, yo, this might be a very sensitive topic in the Coma asshole. She right posted it though, didn't she? Yeah. No. Uh, no, he wouldn't. Oh, get her it. little daughter ratted her out. Look, man. I thought she posted about her daughter ratting her out. Yeah, she did. From time to time, we all shoot three, dude. It happens. It happens. It's not one. It's not two. It's three. In my neck of the woods, we call diarrhea three. Pulling up like Steph Curry from fucking midcourt <laughs> shooting three, dude. Uh, and it happens. I'm sorry that it had to go on page six and TMZ and shit like that. But Hillary Duff is one of us. But I appreciate that. She's a real one. Um but yeah, if Coma has any sort of presidential kind of like decree he'd like to make, like apologizing for any wrongdoings, that can uh, be his platform. Yeah, he, this can be his platform. But he has to come on in a suit with an American flag in the background and give us an yeah. actual like apology. Uh, Kenny, who's off your list? Saudi Arabian EDM music. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, uh, I, I picked up a gig. I don't know if I don't know if this guy listens or not. I don't think he does, but. I just got We're huge a, in Saudi Arabia, mixing, a, mixing a, a, an EDM record from a guy that's in Saudi Arabia and it's full on ding a ding a ding a ding a ding a ding a ding with the fucking hell yeah. hell yeah. Oh, by the way, you know what random country we're actually doing really well in is Israel. <laughs> I don't know if that are, are we taking a side in the conflict here? I don't know. I know nothing about the Israel Palestine conflict at all. I don't care. Um, <laughs> okay well uh all right uh so middle eastern edm music is off the list uh dave who's off your list uh off my list I actually had a good one but it slipped my fucking brain a second ago uh i'll go that just happened to me too. taking too many gummies no have you gummied up no <laughs> um do you, do you plan on gumming up yeah, as soon as I'm done with this. Uh, I'm going to go with... What the fuck was it? It was a good talking point. Did it have to do with music? Yeah, it did. Survey says? Whatever. I'm going to just fucking... Do you want us to come back what? to you and we'll go to Dante? Yeah, come back to me because I had a good one. Dave's off back. the I'm list is people asking him. All right, I got, all right, I got one. Uh, I forgot my second one, but I'm going to remember it too. My first Fucking one, IQ uh, on this place is nuts, I, dude. My first one is Praz M- Michelle from the Fugees. Oh, um, I saw that. I'm blogging it uh, right now. Um, it'll probably go up sometime next week, given how Nate and Hubs publish my blogs um so fuji's reunited announced a reunion tour i think it was last year everybody got super fucking pumped and then like a week later they canceled it and they were like oh it's covid and there's safety concerns and blah 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 so everyone got fucking wicked excited and then really bummed out just tur- just dropped uh some fucking uh no not no name but like small time news agency puck news did a investigation Braz is looking at 20 years federal time for money laundering uh he got in bed with like a really shady fucking dude 
um, who used Obama's 2012 campaign to raise like tens of millions of dollars. Um, they funneled it through the campaign uh, election donations and Proz made like $20 million off it. Actually, 40 million, but they seized 20 million of it and offered him a plea deal, which he turned down because he would have only got a few million back and he wants the whole fucking pie. So like an idiot, he turned down a plea deal. He's going to have to go to court now. He's probably going to do 20 years because the feds don't lose. And they revoked his passport and shit. So they had to cancel the tour. So this all this all just came out today and it's going to be a really big deal. And he is totally fucked. I feel like Wyclef, I feel like Wyclef Jean better fucking lawyer up because they got Lauren Hill too. Like the whole Fuji's are going down at one point Not or another, me. it seems like. Wyclef's kind of a scumbag too, man. He got in trouble for um, all that money he raised for Haiti like five or 10 years ago. He never ended up going to anybody. He just like pocketed it all. <laughs> Sick, dude. Don't make me like him. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the Fuji's have a checkered past, it seems like. Um, but fuck yeah, I saw that right before we came on that they canceled the tour and it was because he was going to jail basically. Um, well, fuck dude. Um, uh, do you have anybody else off the list? Dave, you remember yours? No, I didn't, but, uh, we can talk about crypto.com and how they accidentally gifted someone $10.4 million that. and she, she just, is gonzo they're looking for her right now she's got to pay it back she gave money to i think they said five other friends and um the best part of the article that i read on it was uh crypto.com said that she's yet to return their calls or something like that but she's like fucking off the grid now like i'd be off the, the grid fuck too out of there fuck yeah, yeah so they're like hunting for because they want their money back no that's fucking bankers there in your name Finders keepers, bitches. Yeah, hey, you yeah. send me shit. I'm not giving it back. Fuck you. Crypto.com. Exactly. You own the fucking Lakers stadium. Like, you're fine. You'll live. I don't want to hear it. I, I, I remembered my other one. What is it? Timmy Trumpet. Oh, yeah. Can we please just air this out for a minute? Totally dick teased us this week. Um, he's at the Mets game tonight playing his. He did it. Song. I know he's at the Mets game playing yeah. his fucking song for Diaz. Um, his, his people reached out to me last week. We're like, Hey, this is perfect for Barstool. He's doing, you know, the Mets game on Tuesday. Do you guys want to do an interview? I was like, yeah, I've been fucking trying to book this guy at my club for like five years. He's so in demand. I know people like don't believe that, but he has no availability. He's booked internationally all the time. So I was like, man, finally getting to talk to this guy will be awesome. We set up the interview. I reach out to Clem. Yo, Clem, do you want to come on this interview with Timmy Trumpet? You kind of helped blow up his song when Diaz first started using it. Yeah, definitely. But uh, I also got an email from somebody at his label asking if I wanted to come to the Mets game on Tuesday and shoot a video with him. Like, wait, what? So I, I hit the lady from, I think it was Atlantic back up. Like, did you already reach out to Clem? Yeah, someone else on our team did. They're going to do video, though. You guys can still do the interview. So I was like, all right, that's cool. 
so we set up a time I looped you guys in and then they basically were just like oh yeah we're just gonna do the video thanks but no thanks for any for whatever so uh, by the way, his videographer that tours with him is my boy, Matt Henry, who's been on this podcast before. I'm about to text Matt and be like, yo, fuck your boy. Why like, didn't you already? Why didn't you fucking tell him that already? Yeah, you should have told him that already. I'll text him right now. Nice interview. interview. Oh, Dude, man. Tell him to get Joel Corey on the show. He's he's blown up. He's the one who got Frank Walker on the show for us. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so my boy. Works, he works with all those guys? Yeah, and he's a great story. He's been on the podcast previously. He's the fucking man. He went from playing college football to just – he had a job at Deloitte or some shit, quit, and then started following around DJs and shit. Now he's touring with the biggest DJs in the world. He's the fucking man. That's awesome, man. Uh, my off the list uh, – I totally fucking forget. Shit. That just derailed my entire line of thinking. I apologize. Kenny, how's it? You lose it, you lose it. It's so, gone, dude. Yeah. Um, my off the list – I don't know. Fucking – Allergies. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I just took Benadryl, so we'll see how I'm feeling in about 20 minutes. Um, you want to hear something really fucking lame? Yeah. Um, regarding Edwin Diaz and Timmy Trumpet and uh, Jock Peterson. Yeah. So Diaz, uh, I think he debuted that song last year. It might have been the year before. It might have been 2020 when COVID was going on and baseball stadiums were empty anyway the cubs when peterson was on the cubs for a minute they went to play the mets in new york and peterson heard that song and came back and was like yo i want that as my walk-up song and i got it sent up and i was like dude you can't this song like everyone knows this is diaz's song like you can't fucking use this but he wanted to use it anyways so we start playing it and the fans went like fucking not the fans but like met fans and like just internet trolls went fucking crazy on twitter and were like you know you fucking like poser this is the fucking met's closer song blah, blah, blah. i mean dude he kind of deserved it <laughs> a little bit dude coming at me like it was my oh decision. you're cool oh, yeah so oh. I was like, I was like, yo, this, this needs to fucking change. Like you can't jack a song that, that is that like, yeah, that'd be like, you like, can't, you can't use uh like enter Sandman if, if right. you're a closer like Mariona Rivera, you know, answer me this Dante, what's the right. best player song correlation you've ever had? Like the song Dude, that like, there's too many. There's honestly, it's so the, awesome though. It's, it's oh. fucking phenomenal. It's great. It's just a it's just a great intro song in general. Um dude, one of the most fun was Dexter Fowler 2016. Um he had Flick of the Wrist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that. a real hot song at the time. And, OT Genesis. Yeah, and he used to like strut out to the box to the beat and like do the little like flick and that was it was fucking hilarious because you'd have everyone sitting in like thousand dollar seats, like doing it too, and not having any idea that it had to do with like coke, cooking crack and shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> dude, great. Chase Ali and fucking Cashmere forever for me. Like that's my biggest memory. That's like, a sick we, one, yeah, we had Shane Victorino always had Bob Marley. Um, 
But like we we had Jimmy Rollins always had dope shit. Jimmy Rollins Jimmy Rollins is one of the most underrated baseball players in the last twenty years. Oh, Jimmy Rollins is great man. He won an MVP. Dude, he is like in Philadelphia underrated. Like doesn't get talked about enough. Jimmy Rollins is the fucking man. He's a stud. Stud. Jimmy Rollins is the fucking man. Didn't he go to the White Sox for a little bit, Dave? For legit a month, and then they released him, and that was the last he ever played. Do you want to uh, you want to give any sort of like? vibe on your team right now or you just won't skip that no i i'm apathetic now like they're winning i don't care if they win today i like that so, dave do you think now that they put larusa out of his misery they're gonna take <laughs> off the rocket ship no i don't not Why? i do the, the team's not good man larusa had many many flaws and but <laughs> i had a joke I'll, I'll i don't even want to get into it i think they're gonna catch uh fire right now I don't, because I don't it, think they're very good. All right, all right. It doesn't matter if the division sucks balls anyway. Remember this conversation. All right, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm, I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong, too. Uh, Kenny, anything you have to say for yourself? Would you like to apologize to us for having children and just leaving us for a little All I say is I fucking hate baseball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so do I. Yeah. Like, America's pastime is the most boring fucking game on Earth. What do you think? America's pastime is racism, not baseball. You're not wrong. Yeah, you're right about that, dude. We're fucking good at it, too. (laughs) Historically, we're fucking great at it. Yeah. Yeah. Although I will say, nah, you know what? I'll save it. I'm not going to say it. (laughs) There have been plenty in the... I think, first off, no. Germany is the king. Germany. (laughs) Most Western countries are pretty equal. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, not, London's got plenty of issues. Listen, there's nothing like three right. white guys and an Asian guy to try and debate racism. Yeah, exactly. That's what the world needs. It's us. Um, yeah, so, all right, that's this week's episode. <laughs> fucking way to end the episode. Uh, that's this week's episode. Big thanks to Jared Watson. Uh, Dante shout, out Dave. Our, shout out to our sponsor. Uh, he didn't even Insulino tequila. Oh, by the way, I was drinking an Insulino tangerine margarita, which was fucking delicious. I was going to ask what you were drinking. That did look kind of refreshing. Insulino tangerine margarita, absolutely fucking delicious. There is conversations being had. By the way, Dante, do you want me to link you with them about getting your, their shit in your clubs? Fuck yeah, man. If it's gonna if it's gonna help seal the deal with this sponsorship, let's do say it. less. Yeah, no, I'll uh, send the email in the morning. Um. But yeah, and they're 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 in Illinois and they're launching in Ohio this month. So that's actually perfect timing. Um, uh, other than that, Kenny, anything else today, buddy? Nope, that's it. It's time for gotta me. go change some diapers and yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. What about Loser. the whole? Uh, did you like eat the placenta and drink the breast milk? <laughs> I did try breast milk. Like, Ew, a, did you? Yeah, I did. Well, it's like I feel like you kind of have to. But it was like. A th- like a dot on my on my finger it tastes like old oat milk <laughs> you know what i mean like oh, watered down yeah. oat milk. <laughs> oh. did you ask first or did you just take it <laughs> no she kind of forced me she basically like pinned me down did right? she hit you with the squirt from across the room <laughs> yeah, ba- yeah basically <laughs> any do you do you have a favorite yet uh no left or right boob my son's kind of oh, a child. <laughs> my daughter is the sweetest little quiet sleeping angel you've ever met in your life. But I got to go bop both their shits and get them to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he said, did you eat the placenta? 
People, people do that did, shit. Did you deliver the? Were you like in the room, like grabbing yeah, a foot I was in and the like, room? I cut the cords and I did all the things, dude. It's fucking nutty. It's nutty. It's the most primal shit you can possibly be. The first cesarean was planned for like seven thirty a.m. We were back in the room with the babies by ourselves by like seven fifty. What, dude? It's like that. You're like in, out. They're like, here you go. Good luck. You're like, dude, that's actually sick. Yeah, it's gnarly. Gnarly. My friend said the craziest thing to me. He was like weirdest thing walking into a hospital just the two of you and walking out with like another human yeah like walked out with two. Oh yeah you you walked out with two like did you pull the white shrewd did you like uh nick them with a marker on the way out so you could tell that uh, somebody I didn't steal have, your what dude what's nutty is they all have little ankle bracelets that if they go past a certain door or wall the whole hospital starts going off like they have like little baby lojacks and shit it's gnarly that's good yeah yeah Damn. Yeah. Was uh was the cesarean section like House of the Dragon episode one? Basically, dude. Ba- basically, I mean, there was the whole blanket up so you can't see, but like, dude, it was like, I I, I was joking, but <laughs> honestly, honest, true, true, vulnerable honesty. I was so terrified for my wife. It's the crazy. It's like you're basically oh. getting cut in half, and they just dude, rip a human so out of you. Terrified for your wife. You're not even thinking about the kids at that point. You're just like my poor fucking wife, dude. You're just thinking about the fact that there is somebody pulling something out of another human yeah. being. That, yeah. She has a giant me. hole in her stomach right now with three people grabbing shit out of her and her organs out on the table. It's like... Can, you know what that makes me think of, though? was, like, back in time, before there was, like, hospitals or, like, women had, like, rights in society and shit like that, they'd probably have her, like, pushing a plow the next day. Like, you oh, know yeah, what I'm talking about? Like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. You just produced another human. Like... Dude... I'll tell you this. Check this out. You want to hear about the healthcare system in the United States? Luckily, yeah, baby. Insurance. You want to know how much it costs to have twins? No. Seven thousand grand. How much? Seventy thousand dollars. Is that with insurance? No, no, no. My insurance covered it. If I didn't have insurance, so like, hey, get forced to have a baby. Also, you don't have insurance. Sorry, fuck you. Seventy grand. Yeah, I'd never pay that back. It's nutty. It's fucking nutty, dude. I would miss that. I would miss that bill. Everything wrong here, people. <laughs> no, no, of course not, dude. In America? Yeah. Healthcare yeah. system? Jesus Christ. We've covered a lot in the last five minutes. We covered uh, Western racism and uh, the healthcare system in the United States. Yeah, Kenny's back, baby. And now Kenny's, Kenny's back. Go. That's what I'm talking about. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll fucking see you guys next week. Deuces.